Happy holidays, everybody. Glad to be back. We had the week off this past week, and there was something huge that I wanted to tell you about, but we didn't get the chance. And so now I want to take an opportunity to tell you about the meeting that our team at the Grassroots Law Project had with the transition team of the incoming Biden-Harris administration. It was a productive, insightful meeting. Um, We're still tempering our hopes (laughs) based on some of the things that we we heard and saw. We have had follow-up meetings with the transition team as well, and those meetings have also been productive. And we're talking about issues of justice, uh, of holding police accountable, of reducing the footprint and size of mass incarceration. I want to tell you how the meeting went and give you some details, all right? This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the, the, the Breakdown. The the, the, the Breakdown. Before I jump into the meeting, I want to give a major, major shout-out to the hundreds of thousands of you who signed our smart petition at bidenjusticedemands.com to all of you who sent emails and made thousands and thousands of phone calls to the members of the Biden-Harris transition team. Thank you. Of course, our job is not over because at this point, um, obviously the Biden-Harris administration is not official They have not been sworn in yet. But as you see, they are hiring uh, key leaders in all types of departments, and they have held off. And we hope that they've held off because they plan on making smart decisions about how they're going to handle issues of civil rights and justice and mass incarceration and policing. But we are waiting for them to announce who they are going to appoint not just as the attorney general, but the head of the Civil Rights Division and other other aspects of the DOJ. At BidenJusticeDemands.com, we have uh, nearly 60 different executive actions that the incoming administration could take. And they're all things that they can do without Congress, without the Senate. Thing, executive actions, executive orders, And not just executive orders, but just key decisions that they can make on hiring, on personnel. uh, And we detail all of that for those of you who haven't seen it at BidenJusticeDemands.com. And so thank you, because we are 100% convinced. Without getting into details, I know we would not have had the meeting with the transition team had we not created that website. And so... So many people said, why are you why are you pressing them now? Some people said, give them a break. Give them a vacation. Uh, wait until they're inaugurated. <laughs> it's like, no, no. Um, they're making key policy decisions today. And they are announcing every day actions that they're going to take on day one, actions that they're going to take in the first 100 days. And if you wait until they're inaugurated, you are way too late. And everyone who cares about the decisions that that administration will take from all types of fields, they're lobbying them right now. You don't wait until they take office. This period 
between now and January 20th is when you can have the greatest impact on what they do to start their administration. And we were told, frankly, by members of the transition team that it was our petitions and phone calls and emails. We sent millions of emails (laughs) to the transition team that not only got their attention, but showed them how important this topic is. Um, It's really what got us, uh, you know, a foot in the door. And we were grateful that they assembled a serious team of decision makers, including key leaders of the DOJ transition team, key leaders of Joe Biden's staff uh, on policy. And we we were well prepared for the meeting. And uh, right after the break, I'm going to tell you who all we had attend on our end and what I thought went well, what I, I'm not sure went really well, and what we think is next after a quick word from one of our new sponsors. I'll be right back. Major, major shout out to all of the entrepreneurs out there. And right now, with the holidays so close, online businesses are seeing more traffic than ever. If you're an online seller who wants to keep up with the demands, ShipStation can help. ShipStation helps online sellers get your orders out quickly. They help you save money on shipping costs, and they help you keep your customers happy. They work with all the major carriers, including the Postal Service, FedEx, UPS. They even do international shipping. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution every single time. Right now, the Breakdown listeners can try ShipStation free, which is great, for 60 days when you use the offer code BREAKDOWN at checkout. Make sure your business can meet the demands of this massive online shopping season. Get started now at ShipStation.com today. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in the word BREAKDOWN. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter the offer code BREAKDOWN and let me know what you think. Check it out. Once we saw that the Biden-Harris transition team was really bringing a serious, credible group to the meeting, uh, we decided to kind of match uh, their group by bringing in uh, four district attorneys to the table as well. Attending the meeting were uh, the district attorneys of Philadelphia, Boston, San Francisco, and Central Florida, that's Larry Krasner, uh, Rachel Rollins, Chesa Boudin, and Aramis Ayala. We also had policy writers on our team and civil rights attorneys from the Grassroots Law Project and organizers from the Grassroots Law Project that were there. And so we had about 10 people on our end. They had, I think, nine people on on their side. And... There were a few things that surprised me. Uh, first, we we wrote a an agenda for the meeting and a, basically a policy paper for the meeting. And in spite of sending it repeatedly before the meeting, it appeared that maybe only one or two people in the meeting had had a chance to look at it. I'm not saying that as a diss, 
of course, they are swamped. And, you know, I told my wife the same, you know, what I just told you. And she said, Sean, you know, how many times before meetings have you just been unable to review the documents that people sent you to prep? And that's true. And and I've never been a part of a presidential transition. And so it threw me for a loop that none of them had seen any of the document that we sent them. And so everything we said, I had hoped that they would have some familiarity with what I was telling them. And for the most part, with just a few exceptions, for the most part, they didn't because they they hadn't read it or hadn't gotten it. And that made it that threw me for a loop from the beginning. And it took me a couple minutes to realize like, oh, none of them have read our proposal. And I don't think that it was a diss. And I'll tell you why. Uh, One again, I honestly, earnestly think that this incoming administration has one of the toughest jobs of any presidential administrations in American history. Um, we are having, you know, a thousand people a day die during this pandemic. They are inheriting the Biden-Harris administration. They are taking on one of the biggest messes and pandemics. Um, it's just, they are, they are starting off not at zero, but they are starting off deep in the hole. And, and so I have, I have, as a leader myself, I have real sympathy for them. This is not political. It's just me saying, damn, they are about to have a hard, hard job. And even though it threw me for a loop that they had not seen a lot of what we had prepared for them, uh, during the meeting several times they asked us to resend it. And then during the meeting, several of them were looking at it in the meeting. And then other members asked for it again after the meeting to make sure that they had it. I will say that throughout the entire meeting, they were the members of the Biden Harris transition team were super attentive. Uh, They were taking notes. They asked follow-up questions. We had two impacted families who attended the meeting, the family of Sean Monterosa, who was killed in Vallejo, California, Uh, earlier this year, was killed by the Vallejo police earlier this year, and the sister of Botham Jean. And we wanted them, the two of them, to be there for the Biden-Harris transition team to just see the human consequences of of police violence and of what it means and, and what it feels like. And when the sisters of Sean Monterosa, Ashley and Michelle, spoke, it was a profound moment in the meeting. They were emotional and they, you know, they made it clear this was the first holiday season they would ever experience without their brother. And that local police and local prosecutors and including the attorney general of California and others had just basically done nothing. The case is just open and floundering and, and it's devastating for them. And, um, I could tell that it touched many members of the Biden-Harris transition team. They were also emotional. And um, I could also tell that during certain parts of the 
each of our district attorneys that we've helped to elect from Boston, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Central Florida gave really, really quality presentations. And in some ways, I wanted them to hear from people who are setting policy and who are doing the work on the government side. And, you know, there were many opportunities for me as an organizer to speak, and I did. But I wanted them to hear from actual elected officials who are impacting the systems and structures of mass incarceration and policing and to hear from those leaders what they need the Biden-Harris administration to do. And I thought it had a real impact. And, um, you know, I am I am about as critical, if, I'm probably more critical of my own work than anybody else is of my work. And after the meeting was over, there were a lot of things I wished I could have done differently. I, had I known that the material in our policy paper would have was going to be completely new to them. If I had to do it all over again, I would have started at the beginning and said, okay, everyone, before we get started, make sure you're looking at this policy paper and I'm going to share my screen and we're going to go over the policy paper, you know, page by page, position by position. And um, I wish I had started off that way. Um, but we didn't. And, and had I, had I known what I know now, there are lots of little ways I would have tinkered it. We had privately behind the scenes, we had a a chat going to keep us all on schedule with our time. And, um, that was hard. Thankfully, every one of the speakers that we planned on speaking got a chance to speak. Uh, they, the, the, transition team gave us about five extra minutes that we needed. And um, after the meeting, I heard from multiple members of the transition team who felt like, who who reached out to me, who felt like the meeting was impactful. And I've had now two meetings with members of the transition team after that meeting. Uh, We have another meeting scheduled for this week. And even with all of that said, I am still cautious uh, because I'm an optimistic person. I'm ho- I'm hopeful always, but I'm cautious. Um, this is a moderate president, and um, even though he has promised to make serious moves and decisions to confront systemic racism and issues of injustice. I'll I'll believe it when I see it. And um, what I said to that transition team is what I want you to hear me say now. I told them in no uncertain terms, like, listen, we we voted for this administration. And even though we might have camp, some of us might have campaigned against Biden in the primaries. We voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris And we want to celebrate good decisions that they make. And we made it clear, hey, we have spelled out for you how you can win here, but we can't do it for you. And, um, you know, if you go back to BidenJusticeDemands.com and look at our policies there, our policy paper included a lot of those policies. We spelled it out in a different way. 
But um, it's clear that we're going to have to continue to hold this administration accountable, and and they understand that, and we said we said that to them. Um, we will see. It, it's going to depend a lot on who they appoint to lead the DOJ, to lead the Civil Rights Division, and we have now recommended that they start a series of task forces that a task force on sentencing, for instance, a task force on on how to reduce police violence, uh, a task force on diversion programs. And we highlighted what the incoming district attorney of Los Angeles, George Gascon, is doing, where he established 12 different task forces on different topics that are going to help him set his policies. And what we said to the Biden-Harris administration is that they need to do the same thing. And I told them, I said, listen, I don't, I don't have to be on any of those task forces, but we want to recommend to you people who, who should be on those task forces, who have the experience and who have real credibility with, um, with everyday people and the people who voted for them. And so we're hoping that they will set these task forces in motion. Uh, we're making recommendations this week and next on who we think should be on them. And, uh, and we'll go from there. Um, you, you lose a hundred percent of the fights that you're not in, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots, you know, that you don't take, you know, you, um, this is us taking a shot and we don't know for sure exactly how everything will go, but we know that we've presented our best plans and ideas and will continue to do so uh, with the hope that this administration does right by the people who put them in office. So I'm going to keep you posted. Um, love and appreciate you all. I, I enjoyed this past week off with, uh, with my family and uh, look back, uh, rather look forward to getting back to the work. All right. Take care. Got a busy, busy day ahead. Love and appreciate all of you. Take care, everybody. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week, we talk about wealth management, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day. We're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves, and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist, Retirement Savings, Investment 101. We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening, but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone.